All right. It's always, it's always a little weird to, um, to preach with, with, the, with the headset. I always have to, like, I do it. I, I try to do it every week, but every time I get up to preach with a thing on, I'm like, how do I use this? And so y'all just bear with me. Uh, hey, I want to just briefly, I want to speak to you this evening about something that God just hit me with this afternoon. Um, and I want to I talk about your life. Can I, can I get up in your business? A couple weeks ago, I got up in everybody's business, and I was like, I'm sorry. And I better quit meddling. Sometimes preacher meddles a little bit. It's okay. I, you know, hey, listen. But I want to I get up in your life, and I want to talk to you about your uh, lawnmower life. What? You said, what is he talking about? What? Let me just, let me, let me talk to you about something. I used to hate, I mean hate, mowing the grass. Come on, somebody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, family. Listen, I hated mowing, weed eating, edging, all of it, you guys. I hated it so much. Some of y'all that really love it are like, wow, I knew there was something wrong. No. But so we lived in a neighborhood um, where, like, we didn't have a concrete driveway. We had a rock drive, so you really didn't edge it. Because if you, if you try to edge rocks, guess what happens? You break your windows out. All right? And so we didn't really worry about that. And the house next door was abandoned, and then there was a field across the street. And so it was like the Sahara. I mean, it was just like the savannah, you know, tall grass everywhere. There's like gazelle out there jumping around. And so I didn't really worry about it, man. And I, I'll be honest with you, sometimes my yard kind of got tall, and I'd be like, oh, I guess I need to mow. And so I'd go borrow a lawnmower from my father-in-law, and then I'd, and then I'd mow. And, but I hated it. And so all of a sudden, we moved to a new neighborhood, and everybody mows. Like on a weekly basis. I've never seen people mow their grass as much as the people in our neighborhood. And y'all, there's this one guy. He lives a few houses down. He has special water. Y'all, special water. That goes on. It's not regular water. It's not regular Spring Hill water hose water. It is special. He's got these tanks, and that water goes through them tanks and gets the Holy Ghost. I don't know what happens to it, and it pops up out in the middle of the night. It pops up out of his grass and goes, and it, there it is. And sometimes my dog gets out. I let my dog out to to go to the potty. And sometimes he'll come back soaking wet, and I'll be like, I know where you were. He'd be like. I didn't leave the yard. He's dripping. And I'm like, I know you were at that guy's house. You were in that special water. Anyway, they mow so much. And it's, it's the funniest thing, y'all, because there's people in our neighborhood, and they got the tiniest little .0004 of an acre, and they got the hugest bad boy zero turns. They look like they're riding a motorcycle with ape hangers. And they're mowing like 14 feet worth of grass with a, they basically, they turn it on and then turn it off and leave and they mow their whole yard. And so anyway, I realized I'm going to have to start mowing a lot because there's no peer pressure. Listen, if any, if you were a teenager, then you went through some peer pressure. There is no greater peer pressure family than when your neighbor mows their grass before you mowed yours. And I used to watch my neighbor and I'd be like, I was ready. I'd be on go. And he had, a, he had a, a riding mower, and I'd be like, it looks like he's about to. Every, 
summer, he'd have to get the thing. He'd have to bring it back to life. He'd have to pray resurrection on it, you know, and get it going. I'd be like, it looks like he's fixing it. And so right before he got ready, to go, I'd go out there and I'd go, and I'd mow my grass. And they'd be like, hey, I see you got your mower out. I just mowed mine. <laughs> and he's probably like, I don't know, it might have been some voodoo curses he prayed against me. I don't know. Anyway, but there's no peer pressure greater than when your neighbor mows their grass before you mowed yours. And so I want to uh, uh, tell you that, so I started, I started getting better at it. I started weeding and edging and everything. And there's, there's a satisfaction to it. You know, I get, in my, I get my, my buds in and I'm listening and I'm mowing and all this stuff. And when you're done, you step back and you say, man, that looks really good. It's kind of like getting a haircut. Well, you know, not really for me, but anyway, for, you're like for Jason, his hair looks great. So like, hey, y'all don't know what it's like raking a, 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 a Gillette across your head. Let me just say, it's awesome. Anyway, you just have to be there. Uh, it's like you see somebody that just got a new haircut. Hey, you look great, man. All the, all the lines are tight, man. It looks good. So that's, you get that same satisfaction. You get that same feeling when you get out there and get your yard all cleaned up. Man, it looks so good. Let me tell you, some of your lives, I know mine was, weeds everywhere at one point. All kinds of nasty. They got different kind of grass. Did you all know that? They got stuff called like Vidalia grass. And they got stuff called sword grass. I guess it attacks you. I don't know. It's just, I hear people talking about all kinds of different stuff. It's not called Vidalia grass, y'all. It's called Vidalia. I'm trying to be funny. Anyway, y'all forget I told that joke. Anyway, um, some of our lives, maybe all of our lives, there was a point where everything was messy. Weeds everywhere, vines growing up, poison ivy, poison oak, all kinds of stuff. And you came to a point where you called out on God, and God came in and cleaned everything up. Come on. Can, can somebody testify to that? God showed up in your situation and rescued you. God showed up, began to fix everything. I love that Jesus was a carpenter because carpenters can fix things. You get a guy like me trying to fix something negative. Not going to happen. Y'all, I tried to super glue a, a drive belt for a dryer together, and it worked. It worked, Brother Dalton, for about one minute. <laughs> and then it, then it broke, and it didn't work anymore. Listen, you get a guy like me trying to fix stuff, it's going to be worse every single time. But Jesus, his trade was carpenter. That's so good, y'all. Listen, he could fix things. He could build things. And I want to just tell you that there's no greater builder. There's no greater restorer than Jesus Christ. Amen. And there's nothing that you face in your life. I love preaching this. I love telling this because I don't want you ever to forget that your mistakes don't make you. God makes you. Come on. And so you've got this maker that loves you, that fights for you. And I'm just, I just get so stinking excited thinking about the goodness of God. That it doesn't matter how bad my situation was. It doesn't matter how many weeds I had in my life. That God wasn't freaked out by that. That God wasn't scared by that. I used to have a mower. If I tried to mow over tall grass, it would go, no, and it would stop. That's not what happens to God. When you got a bunch of mess in your life, he doesn't show up and say, ooh, I can't handle that. He comes in. Come on. He didn't look at that hill and say, I can't do this. I give up. I quit. Come on. He carried the cross. He bled. He died for us. Amen? So the first thing, God sets things right. Psalm 103 says, um, 
says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. I think they made a song about that. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, have you ever seen an eagle? Wow. There's a freedom. If you ever, come on, it, it, obviously there's some patriotism there. Come on, because bald eagle. But you see these, these huge animals just flying. And it's like, wow, nothing can touch that thing. There's such a freedom there. And so I love that, that God can renew us, that God can, set a, can bring a freedom to our lives like that of an eagle. Come on, that's so good. God cleans those things up. He sets those things right. And I'm sure that you've had moments in your life where you just sat down on the edge of your bed and you wanted to cry and just break down and say, I don't know what to do with this. Maybe you're there now. I don't know what to do with this. God can set that situation right. The second thing, listen, God sets those things right, but here's what happens. This is the worst thing about having a yard that's not made of plastic. I'm sure they have them out there, but they're probably expensive. The worst thing about a yard is if you mow it, next week in Louisiana, it's coming back. So you've got to go mow it again. And you've got to go weed it again. And you've got to do all those things that you did. You've got to go do them again. And so you've got to have the right tools. And so tonight, I want to talk a little bit about some maintenance that you've got to do, that you have to continually do. We kind of got off on this in Sunday school today, that you don't just show up and say, hey, what's that Jesus thing you guys are talking That sounds cool. Sign me up. All right, bro. See you guys in heaven. That's not the way it works, family. You've got to walk through this thing. Come on. You've got to abide with Christ, what does that mean? Does that mean that you've got Jesus on Instagram? No, that means you walk with, you change your life to mirror the character of Christ. Come on, somebody hear me tonight? You have to change your life. Listen, following Jesus, abiding with Jesus isn't just behavior modification. That doesn't mean that when you say, hey, I want to be a Christian, that you stop doing certain things. It's not behavior modification, family. It's life transformation. You become a new creation, something that wasn't there before. God can take all the things that disqualified you and use them to qualify you to do great works. Man, I wish somebody would, would, would y'all with me tonight? Come on. God can, I'm going to go over here for a minute. Come on, Roy, you with me? And so God takes some of the things that, dis, that disqualify you, the things that the world will say, you can't grow past that mess that you made. God can take those things and use them to build a foundation that you can walk on and say, do you see that mess? That's where I was, but now here I am. Thank God, look what he did. Come on, somebody. So that's exciting. That's exciting. So it takes tools. You've got to have the right tools in place. Listen, you can't go out in your yard with scissors. I mean, I guess you could, but it would take like 47 years. You can't go out in your yard with scissors and be cutting grass. Somebody will call the police. They will be like, I need somebody out here now. This man is, he's on something. He is lost. He got too hot. He needs to drink some water. They will call somebody, okay? Listen, you can't, you got to have the right Tools. And so, y'all, yesterday, I had the wrong tool. See, I had me a mower, and again, I tried to fix something. 
don't do that. So I tried to fix this mower, and I would, I would pull the thing, and it would start, and it would go, and it would mow, Jason. It would just mow very slowly. And so you had to just kind of mow like this. And you, you, you laughing, but it would, it would mow. It just, took, it, just, it just took a little bit, Landon. And so it also leaked gas. And I was looking at this mower, and it was leaking gas, and there was some, some smoke coming up, and I thought, this may not be OSHA approved. And I, I didn't really want to die. I didn't want shrapnel, like, in my brain or something, you know. Could you imagine? It'd be, on, it'd be all over the news tomorrow. Father of three dies when his lawnmower explodes in his front yard. I don't want to be that guy, okay? Listen, I, oh, man. And so I thought, Maybe it's time to get a new mower. So I went inside. I said, Brittany, I'm going to the store. I'm going to get a new mower. So I went and got one. you got to have the right tools, family, because there are spiritual, let me tell you this, thorns. Spiritual thorns. You ever get, in a, you ever get off in some briars? Whew. Whoa. Eat you up. 2 Samuel says this, 2 Samuel 23. It says, but evil men are all to be cast aside like thorns. Throw them away, which are not gathered with the hand. Whoever touches thorns uses a tool of iron or the shaft of a spear. They are burned up where they lie. Listen, let me tell you something. Spiritual thorns begin to creep in. And y'all, sometimes this stuff grows like scary fast. Like one day... Your stuff looks good. The next day you go out there, it's thorns everywhere. You ever had bamboo in your yard? And you're like, where'd you come from? Listen, if you're not careful, those thorns, those vines come up out of nowhere almost. And you might have a little thing in your life and you think, it's okay. It's not hurting anybody. It's just my, it's my secret. It's my thing. It's my indulgence. But let me tell you something. It only takes a matter of just a little bit of time, just a little bit of opportunity for that vine to get somewhere it doesn't need to be. And you know what can happen? This is, I love nerdy stuff like this, but do you know that little plants like that can get up in really strong places like rocks and bricks? And what can they do? They can cause major damage. So you better watch out. You better be ready for spiritual thorns. I forgot something. Hold on. I'll be right back. I forgot something. I forgot something. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I forgot something. Sometimes you got to bring out the big guns. Sometimes you got to get serious with those problems. Sometimes you got to get serious. Come on, can I do this? Am I allowed to do this, Austin? You got to get serious with those problems. And sometimes, can I come through there? I can't fit through there. We're going to have to get a weed eater. Listen, sometimes you got to get serious. And if you sit here and you jack around with those thorns and you think, ah, they're not going to come over here. They're not going to get up in my stuff. Guess what happens? Next thing you know, here they are. they all up in your stuff. So you got to get real serious. you got to get real Oh, I can't do that? Oh, 
I just was gonna, I was gonna show you. I was, I, okay, I won't do that, I'm sorry. Listen, you gotta get serious. You gotta get serious with that stuff. If you sit here and wait, come on. If, if you're in this room right now, I can be silly. Listen, if you're in this room right now, and, uh, and you know that I'm talking to you, that you've got some spiritual thorns, and you say, it's going to be okay. They're just over there. Listen, at our house, we've got this big area, and it's full of poison ivy and full of poison oak, and, and it's kind of, I think it was put there on purpose. Some crazy people like that stuff, man. Um, it, no, I don't want to know me. But I think it was put there on purpose because it, it is a, it's a pretty plant. It is. But listen... <laughs> I left it, and I thought, it's, it's, it's over there, it's in these bushes, not a big deal. I told the kids, hey, don't go over there. They have to step, there's like some land, um, some railroad ties, and they would have to step over those and really mean to get into this stuff, to get into this stuff. And I said, it's okay, it's not a big deal. Well, let me tell you what, what happened today. So today, I was working out in the yard, and we've got a little half wall beside our house. And Jared, I walked around that thing, and guess what was all over the place? dozens and dozens and dozens of poison ivy plants and poison oak plants. Let me tell you something. That stuff sneaks in, and you don't think it's as serious as it is, but it can get really bad really quickly. And if you've ever got that stuff all over you, Lord, have mercy, you're going to itch, okay? So I want to tell you that those spiritual thorns can sneak in and get really serious before you, really re- before you even realize it. So what do you need to do? You need to break out the big guns, get really serious. Don't play with that stuff, amen? So the, um, the third thing, pursue righteousness. Break out the big guns, I'm not going to play with this stuff. I'm not going to play with spiritual thorns. I'm not going to play with this mess. So you pursue righteousness with everything you've got. You can't just mow and let the yard sit there. You've got to keep going, keep going, keep, keep going, keep at it, keep fighting that stuff back. Uh, Proverb 21 says, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, uh, life prosperity, and honor. Those sound like three things that I would like to have. Come on. Life, prosperity, and honor. Pursue righteousness. That means that you be looking, that, that, you, that you need to be looking in all those places and say, is my heart clean? Is there a seed here that's not good that's going to grow into something that's going to take over my whole system? Come on, you need to be examining yourself, looking, having your ears open to what the Holy Spirit says. Come on, sometimes the Holy Spirit talks to you and you'd be like, I, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Sometimes, let me say it one more time. I'm going to go over here again. Pastor Daphne's over here. Sometimes the Holy Spirit talks to you and you plug your ears up so tight. You can't do that. You got to listen. Listen, he speaks to us for a reason. He speaks to you personally. Come on, the God of the universe wants to communicate with you. You better listen. So what do we do? We pursue righteousness. We leave nothing behind. You go and you clean up. After it's all over, there's a big, what? There's a big old mess in your yard. All your stuff's got cut up junk all over it. You know, God comes through and he, he breaks down all these things. But guess what? There's rubble. And you know what happens? If you've ever had planters, 
we did this at, at our house. We, were, we wanted to plant some squash. And so we got some containers, and we planted them. They were so pretty. And I said, man, look at my little squash plants. I'm so excited. I'm going to have me some squash. Mm, going to be so good. And I mowed next to them. Do you know what happens if you mow and weed eat grass next to something grass is not supposed to be in? In a couple of days, you'll go out here and look at your squash, and it'll be a whole bunch of grass, and your squash is somewhere in there. And that's what happened. And so you got to clean that stuff up. And so I want to show you one more tool. Brooke, if you can help me. Um, You've got to leave nothing. You cannot leave anything left. There was a king of Israel that went through, and the Bible says that he mostly was a righteous king, but you know what he did? He left these statues. He left these idols to Baal, and he didn't destroy them. God said, go and destroy all of it. This guy left those things. When you leave pieces behind of things that need to go away, guess what? It's going to come back. It's going to come back. In the back here, there was a yucca plant. Yucca is of the devil, okay? That stuff will spear you all the way through your kidneys, everything, okay? And so I talked to Bryce, uh, and I said, Bryce, can, can you pull that thing up? He said, yeah, man, I'll cut it, and I'll hook up to it with the truck and pull it up. They did. Cool. We thought it was gone. Guess what? If you go back there today, there's a little baby yucca plant coming up. If you don't get it all, family, it's going to come back. You've got to blow it away. You've got to get it all. Oh, my goodness. Turn it on. Turn it on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Woo. Thank you. Come on, you got to blow it away. you got to blow that stuff away. You can't, whoo, you can't leave it, man. You've got to get that stuff out. Thank you, Jonah. Hey, give me five, buddy. He's like, what, Dad, did you know there's a mower in here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to leave that there. No, we're going we're gonna to leave it right there. All right. Hey, thank you, buddy. Can you go back to Miss Hannah? Go with Miss Brooke. Go with Brooke. Go with Brooke. Thanks. Thanks, but yeah, I know there's a mower in church. It's okay. Don't worry. Your dad's the pastor. Don't worry about stuff like that. All right. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> clean, watch this, clean slate, clean thoughts, clean Life. Proverbs 11 says the righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. If you've got some stuff in the back of your heart that's still lingering and you've still got that desire, you better be talking to your Father in heaven about it. You better get real about it. If there's even the smallest thing, you know, some people, they, they, they see something, they hear something, they could smell something, and it triggers them. It triggers them. And there's just this intense, insane urge to run back to that thing. Y'all, I, 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 I tried to quit eating sugar uh, in February. It was so hard. And every time, if I saw a can of peanut butter, I was just like, oh, I need that peanut butter in my life. You know, it was tough, y'all. It was so tough because I had become, my body needed that stuff, y'all. And I'm going to just tell you something. Spiritually, I think it can be even more difficult. It can be even more difficult because you don't just have an urge of your body wanting something, but you've got demonic things that are, that are trying to push those things onto you. And so what do you do? You cling to the one that can rescue. We talked about rescue this morning. So the final thing that I want to give you tonight is one of the most important things that I can give you. 
as your pastor, as your friend, as a believer, as a, as a fellow believer. You've got to maintain the machine. You've got to maintain the machine. Listen, we talked about cutting down stuff, getting the big guns out, getting serious about it, not just sitting there and letting it, letting it grow or letting it come up. Come on. In Spring Hill, if you let it grow too long, somebody will come take a picture of it and you get a ticket. All right? It's okay. I'm serious. They got a whole entire police officer just for that. Listen. <laughs> We talked about bringing out the big guns, taking it serious. We talked about bringing out the cleanup, blowing away every last little piece. But if you don't take care of the machine, it's going to break down. Um, you have to put oil in these things. Did y'all know that? You, you actually do. Yeah. And if you put the wrong kind of oil in the wrong place, really weird stuff happens to your lawnmower. Okay? Yeah. You know, if you go to, don't go to the pump that's green and put it in your regular car because something bad will happen. All right? Listen, you've got to maintain the machine. And so when we bought this mower, uh, it came with uh, this package. It was the coolest thing. It was just a plastic bag of oil. And so me and Jojo were putting the mower together. It took us a lot longer than it should have because we literally just had to put two screws in, but don't judge us on that kind of stuff. We're learning. But I said, Jonah, do you want to put the oil in? He said, yeah, 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 yeah. And so he was very careful and he poured that oil in. Guys, let me tell you something. In the Bible, oil is oftentimes a metaphor or a uh, a reference to the Holy Spirit. So how do we do all these things? We call on Jesus. We have faith. But I want to give you something, some information that will give you a leg up on all, all the demons that come after you. And that is the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus, he knew that we would face things. But our God is so good that he doesn't desire for us to just sit down and be scared and, you know, whatever. He wants us to be brave. He wants us to be able to stand up. He wants us to be able to chase after the calling that he's placed on our lives. And so what did he do? <clears throat> he said, I'm sending one. He said, I'm sending a helper, an advocate to come to you. And he said this as he commissioned his people to go live and die by his name and for his kingdom. Romans 8 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. You've got to maintain the machine. 
Listen, I believe that every person in this room has a call of God on their life. It doesn't matter, young, old, in between. does not matter. God's got a purpose for you. He's got a plan for you. And I want you to know that there are thorns and vines that cannot stand it and just need to grow up into your stuff and mess you up. And so I believe tonight God's challenging us to get serious about some things. Maybe there's something that you're facing in your life. Maybe there's something you're entertaining in your life. And you thought, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. I can stop when I want. I can, it's not hurting anybody. It's just my private sin. It's just my private thing. I know this isn't the will that God has for me, but I'm, I'm still trying and, and eventually I'll stop. Eventually I'll quit doing the thing I'm doing. Eventually I'll do better. I'll make amends. I'll change. You've got to take it seriously. You've got to take it seriously. I love to share the story of King Saul. I went through something a few years ago and I watched one of the most valuable people in my life go through something absolutely devastating. And it reminded me of Saul because Saul was anointed family. The people said, God, we want a king. So he gave them Saul. But what happened? Saul began to entertain those thorns and those vines. And instead of breaking out the big guns and instead of cleaning up everything and getting serious and letting God take over, Saul got prideful. And it cost him his life. It cost him everything. And so I want you to remember that tonight as we get ready to close. I just want to pray with you guys. Um, If you've got something in your life Maybe this is for somebody that's here. Maybe this is for somebody that's listening on Podbean. If you've got something in your life that you know is not healthy, that you know is not of God, that you know is not part of the plan that he's got, you know it's a vine, you know it's a thorn, and you think it's just little, it's tiny. You know, if you go to the store, they've got a bunch of little cups and they have Venus flytraps in there, and they look so you know, little and whatever. But if you were a fly and you got in there, that thing would eat you, okay? That's what they do. It might look little and tiny now, but if you let it go and you don't get serious, it can take over. And you could have a serious problem. You could have a fatal problem. Something that could kill you spiritually. Something that could literally kill you physically. So I want to pray with you as my family tonight that we would get serious about things, that we wouldn't let those vines rise up. We wouldn't let thorns just hang out in our spiritual property, in our area, if I can use that kind of metaphor. Let's not just sit and watch. Let's not just push it behind like I did with, with that wall. I didn't even go back there and look. But when I did, oh my goodness, thank God my kids didn't run through there with no shoes on because it would have been bad. It would have been, you know that Pepto-Bismol looking lotion you get? It had been all over the house. So let's pray together. I'm not gonna ask you to stand, but I am gonna ask you to bow where you're at. And let's just get real serious. 
And let's just examine. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us right now. God, I just pray that you reveal right now. If there's some of us that have got <clears throat> these thorns growing up in our lives, these spiritual thorns, God, if there are some of us that are letting these things kind of sneak in, God, I just pray that you would reveal them to us. God, that there would be no, no, no internal, uh, that we wouldn't hide those things internally, God, that we would not lie to ourselves, that we would be honest with ourselves and realize that we need to make changes in certain places. And God, that we would have the, the faith to call on you. God, some of us are really struggling with some things. And we call out on the name Jesus right now. We call out on that wonderful name, God, that beautiful name, that powerful name, Jesus. Some of us are really, we're frustrated. And we just think, I keep trying, I keep trying, I keep trying, and I keep failing. God, but with you, failure's not final. Failure doesn't become our name. Failure doesn't become our identity. Because we have hope that's placed in you. And when we place hope in you, God, it is not finite, but it is unending. God, you're so good. And I worship you tonight. I lift your name up above all other names. God, I just pray that you bring restoration to those of us that have, that have let vines and thorns and out-of-control stuff take over our lives, God. I pray that, that you would come in, God, and clean up that chaos. God, bring order, bring restoration, and bring peace.